I'm Paul Warren. And I'm Ryan Klein. And this is another episode of SEO is Dead and Other Lies. Ryan, how you doing? How you doing on this beautiful morning? Uh, it's not really that beautiful here in New London, Connecticut, which is randomly where I am right now. And, well, it's, uh, a, <laughs> so. it's one of the rare beautiful days here in Florida right now. So really? it's like, get used weather's to it. great. It's not raining. So it's nice. So we have a, a really great episode today because we have a really special guest on that's done a lot of stuff in the in the local space and he runs a lot of tests. Yeah, he actually so he actually runs his own agency, high voltage uh, SEO agency. I think he has his own podcast as well, right? Yeah, we do a YouTube thing. We need to podcast it. I'm not nearly as cool as you guys, to be honest. I need to, I yeah. need to get there. I need to get there. SEO Fight Club. So I've definitely heard of like uh, all the stuff that you've been in before we've met. So a little bit of an SEO celebrity, right? Not a not the Matt Cuts level. I don't know if everyone, anyone ever again will be the celebrity level of Matt Cuts. <laughs> so, um, but you know, we got some really interesting things to talk about, uh, particularly in the in the local space. Um, Kyle Roof, nice to meet you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Um, I heard a funny line the other day where somebody said, "I think I'm famous for being almost famous," and I, when I, it kind of resonated with me, I was like, you know, I think that might be me. I think I'm famous for being almost. Almost famous in the industry. That, Maybe you've that heard is, a little bit about what I've done. <laughs> that's a really good way of, of putting that. I think just anyone that's sort of a known entity in like the SEO space is is like famous for being almost famous, right? <laughs> so it's just because it's such an odd niche thing that like uh, you know like no one's like Seth Godin, you know, or like that's like the most famous like marketing person like I can think of. Uh, but like within the space, it's like everyone knows who you are and you see like, like people like at the, at the same conferences, like all the time. So it's just well, it's sort of weird niche to, to live and exist in. Have you, um, have you noticed that like people know other people, like something like you don't know this person and to them, you know, cause they, they see that person stuff all the time. That's just uh, somebody that they know, but you, you move like a half step over and it's, you're in a whole other group and you see all different types of, of whole new set of voices. That's totally true. Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, that contest that you won? So that was a very, very interesting uh, topic to go over. Sure. So in 2018, um, I entered a contest. It was in a, a Facebook group, SEO Signals Lab, which is one of the largest um, uh, SEO groups on, on Facebook. I don't know how many they have now, 50,000, 60,000 in there. Um, but it was a public competition in there, and you did have to enter, but it was to rank for the term rhinoplasty plano. Rhinoplasty is a nose job. Plano is right outside of Texas. And you had 30 days and you had to use a brand new site were really the only conditions. Um, so fresh domain, you didn't do anything to it ahead of time. Uh, started and then at the end of the 30 days, um, the site that ranked the highest would win. At the end of that, I took, I technically took fifth at the end. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody really was lighting the world on fire though. The site that won was like at number 82. I think it was like at number 94, seven or something like that. But about two weeks later, my site moved to number seven on page one and number one in the maps. And about two weeks after that, it went to number one organic, and I knocked out the maps, and I was the knowledge panel. Whoa. Um, so my site was Rhinoplasty Plano. <laughs> um, was it just straight up Rhinoplasty Plano or Rhino-Plasty Plano or anything like that? Well, the domain was rhinoplastyplano.co. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I went with the .co. Well, you know, my agency is a .co, and I felt some allegiance to it. Oh yeah, um, solidarity. But uh, but I, I think we're called like the Rhinoplasty Surgery Center, and that's what showed up in um, the maps was was the name of the business, the name of the business. Um, but the thing that where people really lost their minds about it and why it 
why people are talking about it is that the site was written in lorem ipsum. So uh, the whole site was lorem ipsum, and what I did is I did the math for what I needed to put on on the page and for the exact keyword rhinoplasty plano, its variations, and its contextual terms. And there are very specific places on a page that Google is looking at, you know, your H1s, your H2s, the body content. And what I did is I did the math, and I copied and pasted into the lorem ipsum quite crassly um, the terms as they needed to be. And, and that's what I launched. Then I had, um, I built, uh, I think, seven supporting pages uh, in a virtual silo, such so as links within um, yeah. body content. Those also were lorem ipsum pages, and uh, they linked up to the target page. In terms of link building, all I did, I did uh, two rounds of citations for it. Um, I did 20 citations uh, twice through, um, I think, either like a bright local or a white spark. Mm-hmm. I claimed my Yelp. And um, I did uh, 20 branded web 2.0s. So rhinoplasticsplano.wordpress.com, yeah. you know, .tumblr, that, that kind of thing. And then um, I just put my NAP name, address, and phone number on there and a brief description of how great our surgery center was. And, uh, and I linked back to the target page. And I, I did run them through um, a link indexer. Well, a, a, a tool that I use for link indexing, yeah. which will throw a couple garbage links, but nothing, you know, just a handful of links to really just yeah. get those pages indexed. You had a well-rounded portfolio that could th- take the brunt of a couple of the trash, maybe yeah. heavy anchor text. I mean, it, it just sounds like a typical day for me <laughs> right. <laughs> right now, you know, I'm like in the local space. But there was nothing too, you know, there was nothing crazy to it, but it was uh, the, the, the big point of it was to dial in um, to show that, you know, well, Google's algorithm is an algorithm. It, it can't read. It's not reading like humans are reading. And if you give the algorithm what it needs, if you satisfy that, you can rank very well. Um, so we're humming along. Things are going great. And then um, in November of that year, this guy named Roger Monty decides to write an article in Search Engine Journal which I really didn't appreciate. And he puts my name in there and he puts the site. And about six hours later, Google de-indexed the site. That's fair play, fair play. Um, and, but that night uh, from like 1.15 a.m. to like 1.27 a.m., uh, Google de-indexed 20 of my test sites. And they had no relation to the, tar- to the, to the, uh, the, the contest site. These were just test sites that I used to, to run like tests. They all hosted, like, like they had like shared hosting or anything like that or like your name on it and that's how they connected it pretty much? See, what I think they did is just through the domain registrar because they yeah. were all purchased through the same place, but they all had different hostings. Uh, they all had different types of setups. They all but your name was on it, yeah, on the domain registrar, yeah. yeah. And so I'm pretty sure they were just like, "Hey, <laughs> I need to see those," <laughs> and uh, GoDaddy was happy to give them up. Um, uh, so that that was kind of fun. It was actually not fun in the moment. It's fun now. What um what I really enjoyed though was that uh, if I was talking nonsense, if I uh, got lucky. I think Google would have just rolled their eyes and moved on. But what they did is they validated everything that I said. You know, they, they, they validated that I showed how the algorithm was working and it really went contrary to what, you know, Matt cuts wants you to, well, at the time <laughs> wanted you to think, or was that all you have to do is write good content? Well, my argument was I wrote the best content for the, for the algorithm. Obviously, you need to write good content. You need to convert. You want people to come to the page and you want to have them do what you want them to do for a conversion point. And, that, and nobody disputes that. But when it comes to the algorithm itself, to just purely looking at ranking, um, you can satisfy the algorithm and, and the algorithm isn't reading. It is, it's just doing the math. Mm-hmm. One, one other fun aside to this, and I found this not that long ago, 
is that I was looking at the webmaster guidelines, you know, that, that say that this is white hat, and, you know, these are the guidelines yeah. and anything outside of it is black hat. And if you look at automated generated content, the very first thing that is on the no-no list is um, uh, text that makes no sense to the reader but has search terms in it. And I was like, when did that become a rule? Because I don't think that was a rule when I did this. And so I went into the Wayback Machine and I put the URL in, and there are two um, times you could see it. One was February of 2018, and the rule's not there. And then July 17th, which was six days after the site was shown publicly with the results from the, t uh, from the competition, the rule is there. So Google <laughs> totally changed the rule based on, on, on what um, I, I demonstrated. And then after they got outed and shamed for it, then they took the site down and then they went after me. And so the joke is that I think I'm the first person that has ever been attacked by Google for doing good on page. You know, Google goes after, you know, black hat link builders and mass PBN and link farms, that kind of stuff. But not but, anything that's straightforward. I mean, if you're cloaking, there's a lot of stuff, right, right that they don't like. But I, but, I didn't. I just, uh, what you saw was what you saw. You know, that was what was there. And so I mean, uh, it was all the thing. It's all, it's all pretty funny. Do you think that the algorithm has changed dramatically at all since that time? Um, I think Rank Rain was introduced since that test was started, right? Yeah, so so that was 2018 through 2018, beginning of 2019, and um, you don't know the hate mail that I got <laughs> with um, with SEOs like you know um, you can't do it again. You got lucky. Uh, Medic came out, rank brain this, hummingbird that. Mm -hmm. um, they might actually have a lorem ipsum update that's been pushed through. And so last year, before um, the world came to an end, um, I spoke in LA, I spoke in Bali. I spoke in Chiang Mai and I spoke in Milan and in each city I ranked a page on page one uh, written in Lorem Ipsum. <laughs> That's very interesting. Uh, on, on my worldwide tour. Um, and on each one I said, you know, they said that you can't rank in a, in a large city in the United States and um, the conference was in Garden Grove, which was in um, LA. So I ranked for Rhinoplasty Plano Garden Grove and that's still on page one. At least it was, I checked maybe two months ago and it was still on page one. Uh, then they're like, you know, you can't rank in a very small place where Google just can see everything. And, uh, you know, Bali is a very small island. And so I was on page one for rhinoplasty Bali. And then you can't do it where they're all bunch of SEOs. And in Chiang Mai has a disproportionate amount of SEOs that are watching those. And then you can't rank in Europe, a major met metropolitan city because of all the European rules. These are all just things that people told me constantly by why I couldn't yeah. do it again. And I just went through and did it again. So it still works. You know? uh, that's really interesting because I've always thought that um – the algorithm, uh, Google's algorithm in, in Europe was like a few years behind like the US one. Like clearly like, they don't invest as much money in like maintaining like all that stuff because of all the laws and crap they have to go through. Um, and I remember like Ryan and I doing tests trying to rank like, I think it was, what was it for? It was a lot of Italy. We felt like the Italy was a <laughs> search engine. Uh, yeah, I think we were trying us. to do affiliate stuff for like... Um, you know, like Viagra or whatever in like Italy, um, which interestingly enough, there isn't a huge market, shockingly. Uh, but yeah, it was just like, just the spammiest stuff that we did like years ago and that didn't really work anymore. I mean, like crappy forum links, like, um, you know, like you could just really automate a lot of it and it, and it, it, it ranked really well. Um, so I just find it really interesting that like you were able to do the same thing in the US and Garden Grove, which is, a pretty large suburb right of like the LA area. Um, anything close to LA is still going to be probably pretty competitive. 
um, and that it just sort of worked across both of them. So that's that's pretty amazing. There's also a site where somebody cloned my test site entirely, and then they threw it up in um, in Florida, in a suburb of Miami, and I won't out them because I guess it's not my site. Although I have spoken about them because <laughs> I was like, hey, you could have contacted me. That's pretty cool. But um, they completely copied my site, and I know this because um, I took the site down uh, after the whole um, Google de-indexing, and all the images on their site died because <laughs> they were just oh. just pulling, oh, wow. pulling it in. Yeah, do you can out them on here. We don't care. Uh, we'll, like, we'll, but that we'll site <laughs> has been ranking. So that happened. That was November. My guess is looking at the site that they probably put it up around August or September of 2018. It's still ranking number one. Man, well, I mean, that's like what the ultimate uh, flattery, right? Is like when people copy you. So yeah, no, I, I was happy to see it. Yeah. Um, I, I found it on my own accidentally. I was like, what is this? Uh, one other fun fact is that if you go into Bing and you search Rhinoplasty Plano, I'm still probably number one. Oh, Bing. <laughs> they're kind of they're lagging behind pretty much every step of the way for as long as I've been doing this. So, I, I actually um, I looked it up um, earlier today, kind of in, in prep for this, and yeah, I'm still number I think I'm under the feet. They have like a featured snippet thing now in Bing, and um, I'm right under that. So... Um, kind of, kind of going back to like your approach doing this SEO, and you had this contest. It's thirty days. That's like a t- absolutely a sprint, like a fi- like a five k SEO. Like get this as quickly as possible. And obviously, everything you did, you know, maybe it's like a half marathon. You know, its effects and everything that that had an impact. You know, it took a little bit longer, but then when it happened, it, it really happened. So, you know, that coupled with like your, you seem like you you're very like calculated with what you're building. You're like twenty citations twice, twenty web two So, when you're deciding, like I'm gonna build like this exact almost exact quantity of links is that based off of like some research you're doing like here's uh, a zero through one correlation of competitiveness i need x amount of links like how are you deciding like that quantity because a lot of seos are just like we just need links and we hope they're quality and we'll just get a bunch of them um in this example just because i needed to get something done you're right that's just what i did was just 20 20 20 let's rock and roll um, if you, for client sites, especially when you're looking at citations, what I want to look at are um, uh, co-citations or uh, hub pages, you might call it. People have different terms for it. But the idea is uh, uh, competitors that are sharing the same citations. So I want to do a lot of research into that. And then I'll, I'll, then I'll go through, like, you know, um, WhiteSpark and, and, and Bright Local do a very good job of giving you, hey, within your niche, these are some good opportunities as well, or LoganX is a good option. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll look at those as well. We'll make a much more strategic decision uh, on first. Let's get these one that everybody else is having, just in case that's moving the needle. And then um, let's go for these top tier type citations, and we'll do it a little more um, scientifically than just let's go. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely like that approach. I mean, you'd do like a bank lake analysis. I know that Paul, would, you, you like Ahrefs the most. Um, typically, my team uses SEM Rush, but it's just like one of those things where you have you like your client, you're doing a backlink analysis, and then it starts comparing to their, like their competition, and then you start seeing like they have every single uh, one of our competitors has this link. All four of them have it. I need it. They have this four. It's like you don't ever want to have like those gaps, even just like right off the bat with your link building. Exactly right. You know, why take the chance? <laughs> there are two things I, I really enjoy. It's like, why try to outsmart Google? <laughs> you, know, you know, hey, Google, that's the wrong link. This is the one, you know, don't do that. You know, go and get the things that everybody else has. But then also don't try to teach Google anything new. Yeah. You know, you know, but, Google, this is better. This is better content. I'm going to teach you what you need now. This is like a, 
a problem that I regularly have where I'm like, Hey, I want to do this, 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 and this, and this for SEO over like this quarter. And they're like, well, which one's going to be the most important for rankings? And I'm like, well, they all are, you know, like you got to do like, you got to look at your competitors and we just have to do all of them. Like, that's it. I, I really, you know, like, what am I going to not do something? Uh, and, and then that was like the reason, but like, we don't really know. Right. We're just, we're just trying we're just testing and uh, seeing what happens afterwards. So um, one other little thing I can take away from rhinoplasty was, uh, so the article came out and Google de-indexed the site, so it, it dropped from uh, the rankings, but a fun thing was is that it still stayed in the maps. It was still number one in the maps, and it stayed for another two weeks um, until actually somebody tweeted about it, and I was like, are you serious? And somebody was like, how's the site still up? And, you know, after it got de-indexed, and what that shows is that the maps and the, um, the algorithm are completely, or the organic are completely different algorithms. Mm-hmm. different setups and they're probably not even talking to each other well uh, it, so you don't think there's a correlation between <clears throat> organic and map uh, rankings at all well i think that there are some elements to organic that are that would be used mm-hmm. uh and, and that's where i think you would see those those correlations but um there are so many other factors in maps that uh that the spam team for organic can do something and the maps guys have no idea what's going on that that's super interesting because like especially if you i don't always listen to what Moz has to say about things. Like sometimes when they start to get like a bunch of experts and they start to do like surveys, it starts to paint a picture of something that I'll agree with, but they always come out with that. Like every year that ranking factors that they believe contribute to local. And number mm-hmm. one is almost always the authority of the page that the website, you know, it's pointing to. Yeah. The so lander super, authority. It, yeah. So it's really interesting that either there's a huge lag, the two week lag, or just that isn't necessarily as true. Well, as I thought it was, I think it's different by, um, like niche too, and like market, right? Like, sure. I, I think it's like the more competitive, like something becomes, it's like, there's more signals that have to be like added into it. I, I don't know if that's really how it works, but I, I just like stuff that I've seen, like, you know, um, if you're in like a really small market in like Alabama, there's no one, no one to like worry and compete about, like, do you need a bunch of citations? You probably just need like a small amount of them. But if it's something like, you know, like, legal um you know criminal defense attorney or doi attorney in a big in chicago it's like everyone's doing so much it's you have to sort of like match it right so uh it, it would be interesting to see like what's the bare minimum right for like something to work like at, with with being like a completely uncompetitive market like would you even need a, a landing page ranking organically at all you know like to be in the maps and probably not i mean i've definitely seen where like that's not an instance so it's hard to be like yeah this is the the important thing and like what the correlation is when it's like different. So something very fun that I did that I recommend doing is, um, so I was living in Phoenix and and I drove around to seven different places in in town. Um, Some major intersections, some minor intersections, some neighborhoods. And I did two different searches, uh, plumber near me, lawyer near me. And then I logged the results. And then I had um, friends in other cities do the same thing both in the U.S. and outside the U.S., go around town, do those two searches, and then let's compare the results. And, you know, when somebody says that the uh, the, the number one thing is the, the authority of the page, I can tell you that's garbage because I don't know how many times a result would show and they had no website. You know, you can't have a result yeah. showing it has no website and then tell me that the domain that's a really, of that's the really page good point. is the number one factor. I mean, Ryan and I, I think have definitely seen stuff pop up in the max, maps that's like not even claimed, right? Exactly. <laughs> so if like you, they, not only do they not have a website, they haven't even claimed their like GMB profile. Yeah. Uh, 
So I think proximity, going back to last November, I think there was an update, like a local update. And I think location became a bigger factor in like map packs ranking than, than it was like at any point in time. And I think like the range that you could have from a map pack, um, from, from a listing really, really shrunk. And like, you don't really see, you know, like one, um, one listing, like, you know, with like a 15 mile radius or something like that. It's like a lot smaller than, than what it, what it has been in the past. I, I would agree with that. But and proximity is the number one factor, how close you are to this, to the business and where the search is, is the, is the number one factor. Um, a very close second or something that consistently comes up are citations. Um, getting those business listings going uh, and they're probably as much as claiming the, the GMB mm-hmm. as, as a factor. But as, as you know, you'll look at the results and this, this site hasn't, this site has no site. So they clearly have no citations and they don't have a GMB as yep. they claim. So yeah, are, absolutely. Well, they, uh, they could probably have citations without even having a website, right? Well, just true. like, what is the, the they, what, could, what could it be like their, their Google link? I mean, it could be whatever yeah, do they pull it, it is. Yeah. Do the other ones pull it from Google? The local ecosystem like scans through it, right? I want to talk a little bit about some of the, the recent tests that you've done. Um, we talked, you know, before the, the podcast and you were doing some tests on, uh, on photos for local, correct? Yeah, I wanted to look at, because I've just never seen um, any kind of comprehensive study done on image, and in particular image search, as uh, that's something that's never really been on my radar, but I know that they're, it's good for some people. They're, you know, showing up number one in images is going to bring traffic and clicks and, and potentially conversions. So what I did is just as a very, and most tests start this way, where you just, let's just see if this baseline, what the baseline is. Um, so went to Google has a whole thing in, in developer uh, guidelines as to this is what you need to do to optimize an image. It's going to help you show an image search, and it's it's what you think it is. You know, file names, image alts, that kind of stuff. Um, and so I did it, and what really blew my mind is I couldn't get it to work. I couldn't get images to outrank other images. You know, if you have two exact images and you, and you launch them, and one is completely optimized according to what the guidelines say, and then one isn't. It was just random as to which image would would show up first. You know, it didn't even which image was crawled first didn't even seem to matter. Um, that was wildly frustrating. Uh, it kind of ended the whole test series right then and there because if we can't establish a baseline, then it seems that there's something else going on. You know, that uh, other things are at play, and then maybe ex- external factors. But that was a really surprising one for me that. Um, at a minimum, we just couldn't figure out, you know, just some small basic things. You would think that that should win, especially coming out of the guidelines telling you what to do. So, so when, yeah. when it came to, when it came to images, so you're talking about like the the, the title and the alt. Um, was it also like the geos and making sure that the geos were attached in the meta information? Yeah, all the access data in there that you get, you can update. Yeah, so we were just doing minimum stuff just to say like, okay, so we're going after this particular phrase, and it, maybe it's a nonsense phrase. But this image is titled that, you know, the, the file name is that it's in the image alt, it's in the, the page, the image title that you know, the caption that shows up, uh, text around it is talking about it. That's another thing that's in the guidelines, you know, give contextual terms around the image. So we did that. And those types of things were not impacting that image, beating out something that had just nothing at all, random letters for a, or, or numbers for a, um, for a file name no contextual terms around it, that kind of stuff. Um, just the very minimum that you can do wasn't doing anything. 
which then for me calls into question what a lot of local wants to do is, is geotagging the images and then doing the, the EXIF data. If this stuff right here isn't even helping at all, I don't know. I can't, I can't tell you that it's not, but it really, in my mind, throws a lot into doubt as to what Google might be reading on any of those things. Interesting. Um, is there anything that you're, you're testing now that you can talk to us about that, that you see is like definitely influencing rankings that we haven't already covered? <laughs> um, well, a fun thing that I just worked on was, um, and this comes up a lot with, um, with my tool. People want to, they'll say something like, uh, my competitors have, you know, 10,000 words on the page, but I noticed that all of it is in comments. Um, is Google reading comments? You know, or, you know, what should I do about that? You know, should I just ignore it because it's comments or, you know, your tool is picking up my comments and it's throwing out my word count. And so uh, what I wanted to show was if Google is actually reading that. And the first thing you can do is, so you put a term in a comment and then you see if Google will index the page for it. And what that demonstrates is that Google has crawled the comment, considered it, and is now indexing a page for a term that only exists in that common area. Um, I did this two different ways. I did it with WordPress's default comment um, uh, setup. And then I also used uh, Discuss because um, that's a very popular plugin that's used yeah. for comments. And what was interesting is that the WordPress default indexed immediately. Google crawled the page and then indexed for a term that doesn't exist anywhere else on the page, but in the common area, but for, disc for Discus, uh, it wasn't. It wouldn't uh, index the pages. So I went in and looked at, like, Google's cache for the pages that had um, the, the Discuss. It wasn't showing up in Google's cache, meaning that Google isn't even caching um, mm -hmm. what's there. So it's not considering at all. So it was an interesting thing where, you know, people who might say that comments aren't uh, considered might be coming from the vantage point that whatever they're using for their comments isn't being read by Google, so it's not being considered. Uh, so it's not necessarily that people have a disagreement of, of that. It's just in their own experience with what they've used, um, there might be something blocking. So the real big point here is that you should be checking to see what you're using for your comments. Google will crawl and will consider them because it'll index uh, the content based on what's in there. So it's clearly crawling and considering it. Um, but there's a chance that it's not. And when you look at um, pages that are um, huge pages that have a lot of content, uh, Matt Cutts cheated by not paginating his comments. <laughs> you know, and it was just all on one page. Google's reading all that. And when you think about a slow trickle of content coming into a page, that's how a page can hit page one and then stay there forever because these comments are slowly rolling in. They're being answered. They have very strong contextual terms. They have variations of your target keyword. If the page title contains the target keyword, that might be repeated every time a new comment. Yeah, uh, and, and it's just in. continually growing and, and changing, right? Um, yep. with, with more keywords being added to it from like UGC. So slowly uh, but surely, you've got this monster of a page, and the term frequency is just completely disproportionate to what should be fair. So then it raises the bar to to entry to get into that page because now you have to somehow figure out a page to do that. And you know, if you launch that page with ten thousand words and you know, term frequency, you know, it's 4,000 of that 10,000 is the exact keyword. You're probably not going to do very well. I definitely agree with the blog commenting. I don't know, Paul, I don't know if we've discussed it. The first, the first time I saw the value of it and that it works is honestly Neil Patel. 
because that dude, he writes pretty lengthy articles, but the amount of comments he has is ridiculous. So when you type in, in like long-tailed, sometimes short-tailed SEO stuff and why he's coming up all the time, you just go all the way down and you see that engagement in the comment section. And it's just just rife with, with terms and, and follow-ups and all that. And also, when you, when you think about it, you know, people in SEOs get a little concerned every once in a while, like how often do I have to refresh these pages? You know, I have terms that rank top three, but do I have to refresh the page to, to keep up with, you know, people trying to rank for this? And it's like, if you have, like, engagement yeah. in your comments, well, I mean, like, happen. Just look at Quora, you know, it's an entire website based off that concept that ranks pretty well for, like, all kinds of long-tail stuff, so. All UGC. Yeah. It's very, very powerful if you can do it, if you can do it correctly. Um, I had to run a, a forum for a while in the financial space and we did not do it correctly and it was terrible. So <laughs> that was about right. the most, uh, like painful experience, never run a forum. If you can avoid doing it, that's <laughs> one thing I want everyone to always know on the horizon. Any, any cool tests that you're checking out? Well, what I'm focused on right now is, uh, I'm putting out a course on white hat SEO. Okay. Uh, and it's actually in response because people think I'm black hat and I, I take offense. <laughs> I don't take offense, but um, they're like, well, you know, the rhinoplasty plan was black hat. And I was like, I don't think it is for these reasons, <laughs> the reason we discussed earlier. Yeah. Um, but uh, that kind of got me thinking, well, what is completely within the guidelines? What are techniques that are completely within the guidelines? And can you rank um, for very competitive concepts without, you know, any kind of anything that's outside of the guidelines? And so um, what I've spent a lot of time on recently is, is building up a site in the CBD space, which I chose that because that's about as competitive as you can get at the moment, and, and only doing white hat techniques to it to see, if, um, see what we can do. Next month, this will come out, and I'm kind of chronicling what I've done. So the first part is these are techniques that are completely within the guidelines, and this is a structure that we can do them to make campaigns out of it, and then here's the implementation of it so people can see it on a live site. Uh, well, I can tell you, Ryan, it'll be very interesting to read that, uh, interested to read that article and see what you find out. Yeah, so far, so good. <laughs> Teaser. <laughs> Kyle, thanks so much for being on. Um, is there anything you want to you wanna pitch or anything like that uh, at the end of the show? Uh, you know, um, I'm at internetmarketing.gold. That's where we publish the, the test that we run on Google's algorithm. And then uh, my tool is pageoptimizer.pro, and you know, it'll help you write better pages. That's kind of the bottom line. So. Those are the yeah. pictures. That's the, that's the hard sell right there. And SEO Fight Club, right? Because you yeah, still so got I, that Yeah, check out right. Fight Club. If you like the sound of this voice, you can get more of it each week on SEO Fight Club. All right. Well, thank you uh, so much for being on. We really, really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate being here. Well, I, that was a, a pretty great podcast. Um, but, you know, I wanted to say uh, thanks to all of our listeners out there. We really, really appreciate you guys. Um, if you have any questions at all, uh, you want to get in contact with Ryan or I, um, or you're interested in being on the show, you can reach out to us at seosdeadandotherlies at gmail.com. Um, you can hit us up on Facebook. Actually, I don't really check Facebook very much. Do you check that? Oh, shoot. No. You better, you better get on it. <laughs> no. I don't even like we're going to my personal Facebook nearly as much as I used to back in. I pretty much stopped doing all of it because politics are awful in America. Um, and then uh, you can hit us up on our, our YouTube channel. Uh, all those things actually we respond to you pretty quickly. Um, and we love to have you know guests on and we love to answer your questions. Um, I think we're going to be running a pretty cool little contest though um, after this for, for our listeners. Really? Yeah. So we have the ability to give out a t-shirt and a one free month subscription to pop unlimited. Oh, cool. 
Ooh, which is uh, our guest uh, runs the, all this stuff, right? What should we do for a contest? Um, well, whatever it is, we get the most entries. We get 10 each, and then everyone else gets one. But uh, how, about we, <laughs> how about we just follow up? When people are listening to this, they can look in the description, and maybe when we have a couple minutes to work out the details on how this kind yeah. of Yeah, well, you know what? No, I, I tell you what. If you are listening to this podcast, and you we'll, we'll do the first three people that email us. Um, and we'll forward you basically right on to like Kyle's like agency and they'll give you a free t-shirt and they'll give you this free month subscription, um, to this, uh, SC. that's, that's a great idea. Cause we can see how far along people <laughs> actually listen to these, right? Yeah. We'll just give you, I mean, you'll just get free stuff. That's it. Totally Simple taken care that. of. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe anywhere that you see us and anywhere that you absorb your podcasts at. Um, whether it be the Stitchers or the you know iTunes podcast apps of the world, what the what your Stitchers and your Spreakers and your and your Streakers and what whatnot that people, yeah, anywhere to. that you listen to it, be sure to like, share, subscribe, because right. honestly, we're we're in it for the likes. Uh, we don't get paid for this, and we actually don't uh, accept affiliate links as well. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thanks so much for listening. I'm Paul Warren, and I'm Ryan Klein. And this is another episode of SEO's Dead and Other Lives. Bye. Bye.